In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Hey, it is Tony Grubmeyer. Welcome to this week's episode of Be Fulfilled. It's the real stories behind success. Today, we are joined by Sharon Spano. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tony. I'm glad to be here. First off, thank you so much for making us a priority and taking some time out of your day to share your journey and your story with us. And as we kind of get started to go up Success Mountain, I love to set the pace by your answer. So no pressure, but what is your definition of success? Well, part of, of what I love, Tony, about the work that you're doing is this whole idea of being fulfilled. And that's, that's I'm really, really big on purpose. I talk a lot about that in my speaking uh, engagements as well as with my clients. And for me, it's having clarity on what that purpose is so that you're living with a very clear sense of who you are and why you do what you do. And, you know, I defined that purpose for myself many, many years ago. And the purpose never changes, but how I, how I live it out how I manifest it some, sometimes does. And for me, the essence of it is doing something that's bigger and beyond myself. That's really, really important to me that I'm contributing to the greater good in some way in the work that I do. I can totally grasp all of that. And I resonate really, really well with several pieces. Something that I just pull from it just in our conversation, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, there's the fulfillment side, there's my legacy now, live it today, leave it for everybody to follow and understand like, hey, this is the path that I went down. Here's everything that I did, good and bad. And it really was there to be an example for people to follow. What would you say in your legacy as you're living it now were some early things that maybe you tripped over, but today you look back and you go, those were great steps. Hmm. That's a great question because as a child, my parents were divorced. So as a child, I was taken from my mother. Uh, I probably was four and taken to my paternal grandmother. And my grandmother was physically disabled in that she didn't have a nose, like most of her nose was gone and she only had one eye. So she was very deformed. And what I remember as a child is, you know, kids making fun of her, calling her witch and things like that. And I would, uh, because I loved her so much. I mean, she really was everything to me. So I found myself defending her and really trying to show people that, no, no, this is a great lady and I love her very much and there's nothing to be afraid of. Little did I know that that would manifest itself later in life because I had a son born with a very rare metabolic disorder. He was not deformed in any way, but he was wheelchair bound. And so that catapulted me into advocacy on behalf of that marginalized community, which in essence began my career as a speaker consultant. I really learned a lot about systems in those early days, being in and out of Tallahassee and and Washington, and I'm really all over the country fighting for legislative reform on behalf of of people with disabilities. So I think back, and I I actually didn't realize this until I I wrote a book some years later called Isabel's God, and my grandmother wound up in the middle of this book, this story about my son, if you will, and it was kind of funny in that I 
I actually just submitted an essay to, I was getting a master's at the time and I submitted it because I was late on a deadline and I threw in an old essay that I had written about my grandmother. My professor came back and said, she belongs in the memoir. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I just kind of threw this in because, you know, I owed you something. And he said, no, no, she, she prepared you for your son. And I had not made that connection at all. Uh, so she wound up weaving herself through the book. And then the book actually, Isabel's got my grandmother's name was Isabel. So she really kind of positioned me for advocacy and social justice issues. And of course, that's not my work today. My work is really with entrepreneurs and high level leaders such as yourself. But still, I'm always somewhere in the middle between the workforce and the executive team, and I'm advocating for one or the other, and I'm often kind of the mediator between what's going on there uh, as we look at strategy and leadership development, all the other great things we get to do. So I don't know if I answered your question, but- Great, uh, and I just wanna say thank you for your work. You may not, as you say, be doing it today, but it's still a part of who you are and how it helps you to show up. And, and specifically when you're sharing from stage or talking about a story, it's very relatable. I think a lot of us, um, I know specifically, you know, I protected my father growing up. Uh, I, I wanted the world to see him through one lens, but that lens was blurry. So I made it clear, but it was my version, not his. And so I really, really relate. And then, you know, being able to flip the script some, you know, years later and, just say, wow, you know, like, thank you for bringing me here because it prepared me for what I'm going through or what I'm going to go through. So I just want to say thank you for sharing your work. It's always incredible when you two minutes into a show and you get really, really raw, real and open. And what that does for the rest of our conversation today is make it like you and I are sitting in a coffee shop, having a cup of coffee, just learning about each other and having a good time with no, no pressure, no nothing. It's just other than just two people getting to know each other and the world gets to eavesdrop in and listen to this conversation. Yeah, that's what I love about podcasts. So it prepared you. You ended up kind of writing and doing some work and there was a moment, you know, in your journey where this business kind of mindset flipped and that's what your life and work became. Where, where was that specifically? How far ago in your your career, did that happen? And then, because I want to give people a glimpse of what I got the other day on the phone is just your education, your just creativity, just you, you rock. And I'm going to use a very simple oh, word you. to describe who you are. Very powerful. I felt compelled conversation. How long have you been doing your work? I started my business in 1997. And again, the whole success thing was, you know, even as a child, I would say I was an overachiever in school because I, I wanted my grandmother to be proud of me. I didn't want to disappoint her, you know. And so school was always very easy for me and, and very much, you know, I'm, I'm a natural learner. I'm very curious about many things. But the advocacy work was intense. And there came a point where I was, you know, just on a plane, it seemed every time I turned around and things were not changing rapidly enough for my taste in terms of the social issues. And, you know, my son was, was growing and I felt really like I was kind of in between a rock and a hard place, mm -hmm. if you will, that my entire life was disability. And so I knew then that I needed to back away from it and step into something different that would give me a little bit more of an integration in life. And it happened oddly enough, I was in Vancouver we're doing a, a speaking engagement for a bunch of psychiatrists about some very specific legislative reform. And someone in the audience, a colonel, 
actually um, approached me and wanted to have lunch. And I never say no, because you never know what I, I felt like this was, he was a parent and I thought, well, you know, maybe he needs some help or whatever with his child. And it turned out that he turned me on to the speaking industry and said, you, you should be on the road with, you know, all that, you know, and your passion and you need to be speaking. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, back then speaking wasn't like today where, you know, everybody's a speaker. Right. And uh, that began that process of, speaking around the country. I was speaking, I did it for about six years in 150 cities a year, which was just an amazing experience. But what it opened up in me was a rawness for the pain and suffering in corporate America. I would literally have people crying at my uh, table on the first break. And I realized that we needed a lot of work in this country around leadership development because people were being pushed up through the ranks and often didn't have the skills or the training or the development uh, that they do now. And they were hurting a lot of people. And so I, I segued then into more consulting work and that began taking my work in an entirely different direction. And then of course, when the PhD came along, that took me in even a deeper direction because you know I'm all about, my PhD is in human and organizational systems and I love systems and I love looking at people in those systems. So the work just continued to morph and grow and deepen. And as I saw more human suffering along with all the great things that were happening out there, I got more interested in human development and consciousness and transformation because I was running up against a lot of high level, very successful CEO men who were just in total pain and suffering, addictions, you know, lost their, their marriages, their families, you know, whatever. And I, I knew that there was a way to interrupt that, that kind of path and, and help them realize that they deserved more in life. So then the work became all about human, de- human potential and development. And it's just been a privilege and a joy to work and walk alongside leaders and, and do whatever I can to help them have a more integrated, fulfilling life, much like what you're all about. So, yeah, I just want to say 150 stages for six consecutive years. I'm just sat here with my jaw just dropped open going, sounds fun. Maybe the first year, I think it would be uh, overwhelming at times. How did you handle that? Cause I, it's going to take me up the road that we're going today. Cause I really want to talk about some corporate strategy, culture and performance and that type of stuff. How did you handle that being, I don't necessarily want to use the word push, but really, you know, catapulted into 150, you know, stages a year. That's a lot of speaking, a lot of traveling. It was a lot of travel up every day at five different city, you know, so you finish it, you know, four change clothes, you're either in the car to the next city or on on a plane. It was very, very difficult. And it was particularly difficult because my son, you know, was middle school, high school and, uh, you know, he had a lot of changes going on, but we we agreed upon that opportunity as a family, to be quite frank, because my son was trying to break away from mom and I was not doing well with that at all. And literally my husband and I sat down one night and he goes, you know, this is a great opportunity. You know, it's time. You need to do what something for you that isn't all about him. And so we we made the decision and I, I really learned a lot about work-life integration, you know, so I did a lot of the typical things that we all know. I mean, I learned how to meditate, how to, how to rest on planes instead of working, you know, so that I could arrive, you know, 
fully uh, rested instead of worn out because I, you know, was on my laptop or whatever the whole time. And I learned like you don't go out at night, even if you know like really cool people in that city because you pay the next day. And I just learned strategies for keeping myself at optimum, you know, eat right, all those kind of things. And I was just, again, it goes back to purpose, right, Tony? Because I knew that this was important and that I was learning some really vital things about the workforce in this country. And I also knew that I was somehow encouraging them. And I mean, I would get that feedback every day. So that kept me going too. But, you know, six years of that. And I made an intentional decision um, because I was in the National Speakers Association at the time. And I, I remember being very intentional that I would not get involved because I'm one that if I go to a meeting next thing, I'm the chair I'm the president or whatever, because I have a big mouth. So they always like, you're next. So I made a decision that I did not want to take the path to be famous. You know, like so many speakers were doing at that time, the celebrity thing, because I knew it would be disruptive even more so to my family. Sometimes I regret that decision because it probably would make things a lot easier today. But that was, that was the decision at the time was, you know, do the work, but, but don't overwhelm yourself with the need to be celebrity for the sake of the celebrity. So it was always about the work for me, which kept the purpose and the fire for the work more alive. If that makes any sense at all. No, it does. What I want to do is I'm going to take a quick break, but we're talking today to uh, Sharon Spano and you can learn more about Sharon and everything that she has to offer. And she's fabulous. And I, and I, I want people to, to pause wherever they're at in their journey if you are driving, just wait until you get to where you go and then write the name SharonSpano.com down and check it out. She's got some really fascinating stuff we're going to talk about when she comes back. We've got an event she's putting on. There's so much cool stuff we're going to learn today with our special guest as we go up and down Success Mountain with Sharon Spano. We'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled Podcast Show. Are you ready to break the mold? You know, so many people seem stuck in society, but you're not one of them. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this. But I know for a fact that right here, right now, inside you, there's greatness. And a great way to help bring that out is the 12-week journey to fulfillment. So head over to BeFulfilledJournal.com and use the coupon code PODCAST and you get a special rate on us. It's our way to say thanks for listening. As well, there's access to a private community of entrepreneurs ready to support you and your business. That's BeFulfilledJournal.com. All right. We are back on the Be Fulfilled Podcast Show. My name is Tony Grubmeyer and going up Success Mountain is not always a straight path. If you've ever seen Free Solo or any of these movies, a lot of cutbacks, switchbacks, things that you are doing to try to get to the top. And I don't never know if you stay at the top for very long, but somebody who spent six years, over 150 stages each year, sounds like somebody who was at the top of her game and ultimately some decisions came where there was some things, you know, being part of the speaker association and everything, you, you make that reality check. And you're saying, well, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to do this forever in this way. So your journey and your path has taken you on some amazing journeys. And I would love today to talk a little bit, Sharon, about leadership DNA. I want to talk about corporate strategy, culture performance, the kind of stuff that that you love, the things that make you a genius. You got a PhD in it. So I want to talk more about that. Let's talk about your leadership DNA and what you got going on October 9th and 10th in Chicago. 
Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, let me first preface by saying that, my, again, my work is in human development. And what we know in that field is that there are 20 stages of development. That's what our research supports today. And what I would say is roughly 68% of the American workforce lands in the fourth or fifth stage of development. So there's a whole lot of opportunity for even the most successful leaders to expand their perspectives in order to what we, you know, engage in what we call a developmental move. So the leadership DNA uh, effort that I'm hosting, and I've been doing these in different parts uh, of Florida up until now, has to do with something called systemic mapping which is looking at the systems and, well, the multiple systems or ecosystems that the individual or the corporation might interface with. But we're, we're going at it not from a cognitive perspective. We're really looking at it from a, almost a quantum physics perspective. So the, the two-day retreat is the most transformational work I've ever done. We see leaders come to realizations that they've never seen because we're really taking the unconscious and making it conscious, but we're also dimensionalizing it without getting into a lot of drama and the story and what's working or not working. Because I know guys like you are really good at systems. But what this work does is it unleashes almost, what most of my clients will say, it's like, Sharon, you've given me a, a third eye uh, in which to, I, I now can see the patterns in my world, both business and personally. And then that allows them to make changes Often, again, at a quantum physics level, which sounds kind of hard to understand, but once you experience it, because it's an experiential process, people are really never the same again. So I'm just honored to be able to bring this. Uh, and, and it's a, a small, intimate group, 15 to 20 people, because the work is so deep. You were talking about the story. I remember this. I heard this a long time ago, and it, it has had such a big impact in my life, is to take the story out of the story. Mm-hmm. And really just get, just tell me the facts, like just mm-hmm. tell me and then strip those facts down to moments, tell the, get those moments down to, you know, feelings so you can talk about it so that it becomes crystal clear. Tell me the types of personalities you were saying as 28. No, there's, there's 12 stages of human development. So if you think of a stage as like you have children. So you, we know the first four stages are like birth to like adolescence. Yep. And so as we grow and develop, we transcend and include that, those developmental aspects of ourselves. So, so for instance, a, a child doesn't forget how to sit up when they learn to walk. They just include that as part of, of their growth. They may not sit as often, you know, toddlers all over the place, right? So it's the same. We used to think years ago that, you know, people stopped developing at like age 21, which is ridiculous when you think about it because we continue to have life experiences. So the developmental movement occurs, the growth occurs, and you know this from your own journey, when we make meaning from the things that we experience or the things, perhaps trauma, that happened to us. So unfortunately, our prisons, for instance, are often full of individuals who didn't have the resources or the supports to make sense of whatever's happened to them in their life. And uh, so they can get, we can get stuck. We can get stuck in our growth, either from trauma or addictions or things of that nature. So this work is an opportunity uh, because we all get stuck in some way, shape, or form. We have a failure or we have a divorce or whatever. This work is designed to help you see those places where you might be stuck, but without placing blame, it actually allows people to 
hold whatever is in the system in such a way that we honor it, lay down what needs to be laid down so that something new can emerge. And uh, we're, again, seeing the results are, are just quite incredible because people often see things that were at a subconscious level that they didn't even realize were holding them back or perhaps sabotaging their success or their, their marriage or their, their relationships overall. Would you be able to share an example, maybe of a breakthrough story, remove maybe names and, and places, just give us a glimpse of something that you've been able to experience with um, somebody you've worked with, because I, I think it's fascinating as we're talking about your conference, talking about the work that you do. I love stories because it really helps people to visualize, especially listening to a podcast, the depth of your work. Well, I can give you a, a, a business example and a personal, um, if, you, if you want. Uh, the business example I can give you without saying who, what, or when is an organization that I worked with here where the, the new leader came in and called me and said, all the, you know, the Indians have surrounded the teepee and I'm having trouble even making the slightest change. So when I went in, what we saw, there's often hidden loyalties in the system that are not spoken about. And people often don't even have awareness themselves. So when we did the systemic mapping, what we saw was his executive team uh, and management team, I think there were probably 15 of them, were really loyal to the guy before who, and this is very common, who had been there 15 years. More importantly, they were loyal to the founder. So we did the work. One of the things that we saw was no one wanted uh, financing anywhere in the system which of course, as the new CEO, he was charged with, you know, increasing ROI, right? So when we saw that no one wanted financing anywhere in the system, let alone near their department, and there's a process that we're, how we discovered this, then we were able to have real conversations around his role as the new CEO, why the ROI was is more important now that the founder was deceased, and then how they were positioned to help him hold the legacy of the founder but not necessarily to hold him back from doing what he needed to do. And it was like this huge aha for everybody. And, and then we were able to strategize from there. A personal example I could share with you, and I see this so much in leadership, is a COO that I was working with. And he was, he was in one of these sessions who was struggling with the CEO. And when we got deeper into the work, there, yes, were, were some issues with the CEO that were really actual factual issues. But the deeper issue was he began to realize uh, one of the elements in his system was a father. And so we introduced the father into the system. He had been rejected by his father. And then we were able to see that his entire career, he had sought approval from whoever he worked for because he never got it from his dad. And once we saw that that was part of his system, there was no need to make the dad wrong. We just honored the father for who he was. He did the best he could. But then we also honored his role as the COO. And he began to then see that he just needed to focus on his own role as a leader and stop trying to please the CEO because he was actually pushing the guy in the wrong direction with his own emotional neediness. Does that make sense? 1000% and I couldn't thank you enough for just sharing those two great examples. You're listening today and you're like, yeah, I want to take some action. I want to learn more what Sharon's talking about. SharonSpano.com and she helps leaders adapt, respond and prosper in complex business environments. It's about your business, your life and your next step. And if you're thinking today, maybe you're like, hey, I'm, I'm on my path, but there's some things that are uncertain and you know, we all have blind spots. They're only a blind spot once in my opinion and after that they're just choices. 
once mm. somebody identifies it for you, then you have work to do. And so I just want to say thank you so much, just Sharon, just for just those examples. Because, you know, as a, as a business leader and somebody who runs a company, you know, I've never done this before, right? I've been doing this 18 years with people here in my organization, but it wasn't like someone handed me a manual and said, the best ways to run your organization is this. It's a lot of trial by fire and you mess up, you make mistakes, you fall down, you get back up. There's some things that you've been talking about today, which is, is that you need, like for me, it's, I need a coach. I need, I need somebody to, to help get me to that next level um, because I haven't done it. So someone like yourself who's come in and coached at such a high level and help people to see where the breakthroughs are possible and to cut the story down to just steps. There's a lot of depth there. And I just want to say thank you for sharing. Well, I appreciate that. And, and you bring up an interesting point, Tony, because I'm seeing a lot of this now that's so different from the way it used to be, where when we had the traditional corporate environments and people went up the ladder, by the time they got to that role, maybe of COO or CEO, they had experienced that company or that environment for a great many years. And they were more well positioned, I would say, to take on that role. Not to say that it wasn't scary, but they knew the industry. Where now we're seeing guys who are moving into companies, entrepreneurs like yourself, and and to your point, they haven't done it before. And, And it is trial by fire. And, it, and it's wonderful because they have the opportunity and the resources and the staff because so many are outsourced and remote and all of those amazing things that we're seeing. But it doesn't mitigate the fact that you're still the guy sitting in the chair and, you know, that pressure is on you and, and, and it's sometimes a new and, and frightening experience. So I appreciate your candor and, and that's, that's in part why I'm excited about the work because I'm seeing so many leaders like yourself that are so darn smart and are doing such amazing things. But yet I still know, as one of my clients told me years ago, when you kick down the door behind every great leader, there's often a scared, you know, man or, or little boy or, or girl. And I, I know that too well from, from my own experience out there. So anything I can do to ease that pain, frustration or fear, I mean, I, that's, that's what the work is about for me. Well, you know, Sharon, we could go on for hours. You're easy to have a conversation with. Your skill set is incredible. I mean, it's nice. Like when I'm sitting here talking to somebody who has a PhD, I'm like, there's a lot of education and time put into perfecting what it is that you do in your craft. And I just want to say thanks. One of the one of the things that I love doing with guests, I just love to have fun and play in the fulfillment round. The fulfillment round is a bunch of just random questions. There's no right or wrong. And a lot of time, it's just for you and me to laugh and just have some fun. And it starts out really easy. And then I throw in some curveballs for you. So I hope that you've got your batter's glove on and your bat <laughs> ready. If you're ready, all I need you to do is say you're ready. I'm ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine. No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicas. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right. Would I find you heading to Mexico on vacation or Europe? Well, I'm, I'm everywhere, so I just got back from South Africa. But my <laughs> choice between, I love Mexico, but I'd always go to Europe first. Where Mexico's in Europe do you enjoy? Uh, Italy's my favorite. All right. Well, you got something else in common. A type of music you would put on uh, maybe if you were enjoying a glass of water or wine or something on a Saturday night that would get you just feeling good. Blues. You have a favorite uh, blues artist? B.B. King. You ever get a chance to see B.B. King in concert? I did. I saw him here in Orlando at the Hard Rock. It was, I took my son. My son was like little 
and he just fell in love with him. And um, yeah, it was special because he was already, you know, up there in years. So what a talented individual too. Wow. Yeah. Um, so we have a mutual friend, uh, Dove Barron. And I like asking this, what's the first thought that comes to your mind when you think of like Dove? Energy, passion, two, two words, energy, passion, commitment. And how did you guys uh, get to know each other? I was uh, blessed to be on his podcast when I was launching my book, The Pursuit of Time and Money. So that was, that was, and, you know, he interviews first and we just had a lot of connection around consciousness and, you know, he's into so much of that journey. So it was really cool. How do people find uh, your book, Pursuit of Time and Money? Where, where, where can they go? Amazon. It's on my website. We even have a, a, the timemoneybook.com. Uh, it's about radical abundance. People, it's not about, you know, your finances. It's really about your mindset around time and money and what you believe, because that's, that's also developmental. Earlier, people in the earlier stages have a whole different perspective about time and money than people who are later stage. So I'm kind of looking at it from that perspective. I love it. Uh, people like mentors, coaches, people you studied growing up that played a big impact into your life. Gosh, I can't think about growing up because there, there were so many. Um, but I mean, for now, it's, it's all the theorists in the developmental world. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Ken Wilber. You know, I read so much. I mean, I, I just can't even think of any off the top of my head because there have been so many. I think in the 80s, we all were big fans of Stephen Covey you know, because he helped us think about, again, what we used to call work-life balance. I now prefer integration because I don't think we're ever fully balanced. You know, I don't, so many uh, I, I totally agree because I'm never in balance. I always say I'm working towards alignment. Right. right. Everything right. that I'm doing, working towards alignment and all things. Like my son's coming home from college and he was getting his car service. And I said, um, can you ask about an alignment? And then like, well, they didn't mention it. And I'm like, I understand that most people don't go around and saying I need an alignment, but yeah. I'm asking you, can you have your tires rotated and your car aligned? It'll help on our journey home. And he said, great, no problem. And you know, uh, what do you think of when people come to you and, and do you get excited when they're out of alignment and you can see like their blind spot or something and then you can just, it's just like something that you can help them change. How much joy does that bring you in that moment when you get to see the light bulb go on in their mind? It's everything. But I usually, I'm more joyful on the other end of it. Like I had a client that called me yesterday and she just had some huge breakthroughs, what I would call huge developmental moves. And, and I just flashed on how different she is now from when we started three months ago. And I just was, I, I was in cloud nine all, all day after that. Cause I, I see that she's good now. She's in a place where I can step away and she's all right. She's not going to regress ever again. It doesn't mean you still don't have, you know, we all hit moments where you need more support again or you need another level because that's what, that's what developmental growth is about. But for now, she's in this place that I'm, I'm just so proud of um, because she's done the work. I was really just the vehicle, uh, the, the mirror, if you will, but she's done the work. Well, you know what, Sharon, I just want to say thank you for being just a, a fun guest today. I, we had a conversation a week or so ago and loved it. And I just said, hey, would you love to come on the show? And you're like, absolutely. And, you know, getting to know people is a, is a funny thing because it's about give and take. It's not one has to do more than the other. It's really about two people coming together. And I just want to say you brought a lot today, a lot of great stuff. And I, I took three pages of notes 
So just want you to know that through the process of what you shared today, it resonated. I know my audience uh, will love it. I would love people to go check out what you're doing. Come back and share how this, uh, this show impacted. I love to share with Sharon reviews that we get too from this episode. So if you're listening today and Sharon really spoke to you, drop us a message or a review on iTunes and love to uh, be able to share that with you. So just want to say thank you for your time. We're going to put everything on the show notes today. So everybody's going to get full details on your event, how to connect with you, where to buy your book, et cetera. But thank you again. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. That is Sharon Spano. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever.